Hey guys, welcome out to another episode of Psychology Hacks. Today's lesson is one of my favorite productivity tips, and it's helped me to improve my results pretty dramatically, and I thought it'd be something that's worth sharing. So one of the reasons that I've always been so interested in psychology is because the better you understand your own mind, the more you can accomplish. The search for greater self-awareness has taken me into a lot of really different um, and very interesting areas of study, but in terms of making useful and lasting changes, NLP has by far been the most effective. That's neuro-linguistic programming. If you're not familiar, I have a few episodes on it. There's a lot of literature out there. There's a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of different stuff on it. Some of it's garbage, but a lot of it's very useful. Um, so I, I've touched on this briefly in a couple different episodes, but I want to get back and uh, I want to get uh, touch on it again today. And I want to talk about a little bit more about how to use it. And there's a couple other things I'm going to share with you as well. So specifically, I want to discuss getting into the proper state of mind before undertaking any kind of work. And there's some hacks to this. There's some there's some tricks. Um, it's not about just being motivated and enthusiastic, although that is part of it. I'm going to talk a little bit about the tools that you can use to actually get yourself in that state of mind and what specifically you're working for, looking for um, in terms of work. So I first came across the subject of changing your state um, from Tony Robbins. In his books, he breaks down the science of the mental and emotional states pretty well. Um, and it, it awakened the giant within. He talks about how at any given time you can change your state to suit your needs. If you walk around in a negative state for most of the day, then you're probably going to have a bad day. If this is a normal day for you, that, that negative state, then I'm sorry to say it, but you're going to kind of have a sucky life. All right, your, your minute to minute state is going to compile. You know, that, that second to second, how you spend your time and energy. And eventually that's going to add up to create your quality of life in general. If you have a bunch of bad days, eventually there's going to turn into weeks, months, years, etc. So if you don't want to live an unhappy life, you need to start taking responsibility for how you feel at any given time. It's not enough to sit back and wait for things to change on their own, okay? Um, this is going to place you head and shoulders above the competition. It's a productivity hack that most people never even think about it. And because people don't even think about it, that in and of itself gives you a tremendous advantage, okay? Because people don't even know what you're doing. They don't even understand. They can't even point at something and say, oh yeah, he's doing this or she's doing this specific thing. They just don't understand. They might think that, oh, positive thinking, whatever. Yeah, but they don't understand the tools that you're using. You're not just thinking positive. You're doing things with your body and your brain. You're hacking into your programming to actually make something happen here. And you're gonna be able to attack your problems with so much more focus and energy. And after a while, it just becomes a habit. And once it becomes a habit, you're never gonna work or even just go about your day in a negative state again. Not once you learn that you can take control of it. You're gonna be in a bad mood. And you realize, like, I don't have to feel this way. Like I can change this at any given time. And it's a choice and you realize it's a choice and it totally is a, is a, it's a game changer. It really is. So just remember guys, um, even without an anchoring technique, your body language is going to be the best tool um, in terms of managing your mental and emotional state. So pay close attention to how you carry yourself um, and just watch how quickly your mood can change by the way you use your body. Um, as always, don't hesitate to reach out to me on my website, on social media. You guys go out there and do great things. If you were able to think of something that really made your blood boil, um, then you already know what kind of effect that thought is going to have on your body. What's good about this, like I said before, is a two-way street. Okay, in the same way that we allow that what we allow in our heads uh, can change our bodies, what we do with our bodies actually can change the emotions that we have. It can change the chemicals that are released into our body, um, and by extension, it can change the quality of our thoughts. So, for better or worse, it's a never-ending cycle. Changes in our body language can cause different chemicals to be released to be released into the bloodstream, 
Um, and before we know it, that can change our entire mood very quickly. Um, there's been a lot of experiments done to demonstrate this, support it. Um, if it's something you're interested in, absolutely, guys, go look into it. But I'm just going to kind of give you the wave tops. I'm going to give you the, the end of the day, you know, what can you take away from this? What can you, you use today? Um, there's so many directions to go with this topic. There really are. Uh, but the productivity hack that I really want to focus on today is um, how to, to keep yourself in the right state of mind when you're working on your goals, okay? So let's say that you're trying to become a successful musician. Every single day you sit down and practice playing your instrument for however long. At first you're really excited about it um, when you get started, when you first sit down. You're excited, but you're not warmed up yet. And it takes a little while before you start to really feel like the skill's there, you feel cold, you feel kind of awkward. Then after you've warmed up a little bit, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're feeling better, but you're not totally confident in your abilities. Even if you feel good about it, you're not maybe like 100% there. Finally, after say an hour or two, you're, you're slashed over, zoned out, worn down, uninspired. And the practice is commendable. The practice, you need to practice, but it's obviously not the most efficient way to practice. So in this scenario, you're not utilizing all the tools at your disposal. So instead, imagine that before you even pick up your instrument, you're already in an empowered state of mind. You feel good about yourself. You're full of energy. The whole time you, you're playing, you maintain good posture. You feel energized. Um, this is something that a lot of people overlook when it comes to their development, and they pay the, the price and reduced output. But the goal here is not just to go about your work. It doesn't have to be music. It can be um, an athletic thing. It can be just at, at your actual job, you know, whatever that is, um, whether it's your, your passion or not. Whether you're just trying to get promoted, but I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you're not interested in being average. You're not interested in being mediocre. You you want to be successful. Maybe you've got this this grand dream that you're you're working towards every day. Maybe you just want to do well at the job that you're in. You want to be above average. You want to be successful. Whatever it is, if you make a habit of getting into a state of empowerment, of resourcefulness, creativity, excitement, and energy, um, and gratitude. You know, that, that has huge benefits, and people just overlook this. They kind of hope that, well, when I'm successful, I'll get there. Or they kind of think, okay, well, I can change my personal philosophy a little bit. I can try a little bit harder. But they don't take the time to actually put themselves in that state of mind, okay? So what I'm going to talk about next is a tool, uh, a method of actually getting into that state. I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go too in-depth into it. This is on one of my NLP episodes. Um, and it's something you can look up as well. It's, it's called anchoring. But basically... It's a, it's a way that you can get into an empowered state at will, basically. Essentially, what you want to do is to get into a meditative state uh, and bring to mind a time where you felt all these positive emotions. So successful, accomplished, um, confident, full of energy, resourcefulness, you know, all that good stuff. Whatever it is, creativity maybe. Um, even if you've never achieved anything like super major, I'm sure you can think of at least one time where you felt really good about yourself. Okay? So do the best that you can. And if you really can't find anything that you're happy with, imagine a scenario where you really, you really are as successful as you can possibly dream. Um, and let your imagination run wild. Let your emotions really get into it. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going you're to focus on those feelings. You're going to magnify them. You're going to soak them up. And every time you start to feel like those feelings are at their peak, just imagine, what would it be like if I doubled this feeling, okay? And you're going to spend some time building this, these emotions up um, this the, in your imagination, these feelings of success, confidence, creativity, everything. You're gonna anchor the feeling to something physical, okay? And this is why it's called anchoring. Uh, personally, what I do, what's worked for me for a long time, because nobody notices when you do it, and it's very, 
it's it's a weird motion that I would I never do on accident, um, but I can do it intentionally. Um, I, I touch the uh, my, my, I touch my thumb to the the last knuckle on my ring finger, just just underneath the fingernail. Um, and so, like, you wait till the peak of that experience, and, then, and you you touch yourself like that, um, right right on the finger, and then you kind of reset everything. You you take a pause, you back up a little bit, then you you do it all over again. You you build those motions up again, and then you you do that same movement for me again as touching my ring finger. Um, and after doing it a few times, you want to reset it between each time. After doing it a few times, what's going to happen is your brain's going to associate that sense of touch with the powerful emotions that you were building up, okay? Um, and like I said, I did a whole, I think I did an entire, I did most of an episode on this. I did, I did at least one episode on NLP, and this is one of the main things I focus on. I talk more in depth about it. Um, if you're skeptical uh, right off the bat, I, I, I guess I understand, but this is the same kind of thing that happens with PTSD, uh, it's, a, it's in a negative way, but, you know, people, you know, from veterans that were in war, war situations, they hear a lot of noise. It's not that they're scared that they think they're actually getting shot at. You know, it, it triggers that, that feeling. Or, you know, people that have been abused before, if they're grabbed in a certain way, even if it's in, in a playful manner, um, it, it can sometimes bring back that those feelings of trauma and fear. It's the same thing with that. Like, it, it if you guys think that this is you know, not a valid thing. Let's just look at the negative side. Like people don't have any issue believing that you can create a negative state of mind. You can take somebody back into the horrors of their past. Well, it doesn't, well, if you can do that, you can do the exact opposite too. Like your brain is very complicated and it's, it's amazing what you can do uh, when you understand how it works. And this is the way that it's programmed. Um, it, it anchors in this way. And so don't knock until you try it. You're not going to get any benefit out of listening to me talk about this if you don't do it um, if you want to look into it more by all means but this is honestly this is one of the most powerful tools that I've come across in my life honestly I still use this I use it uh, on a daily basis I do it every time I'm about to do any kind of work so anytime I'm about to record a show anytime I'm about to write a show uh, doing the research for said show anytime I'm doing any of my other projects or even just at work and I feel like I need a little boost it's so powerful because it causes a huge release of these different chemicals into your body like I can feel my entire body language change as soon as I do this okay so you, you're anchoring all this these feelings to that physical movement um, and another strategy here we'll, we'll go ahead and move on from that I think you guys got the gist of it but another strategy here is to use modeling and this is the last thing we're, we're really going to talk about um, we're about to wrap it up but with modeling, what you want to do, you want to pay really close attention to the experts in your field, um, and this is a great time to do it because you don't have to, uh, you don't have to go meet these people. You can watch them on YouTube. You can see them recorded on social media. You can, there, there's plenty of methods that you can use to observe your heroes, people that you look up to, people that are more um, successful than you, the ones that you're trying to emulate. Um, watch them intensely, as intensely as possible. Try to pick up on all the subtle ways that they move, the way that they carry themselves, match their body language, their attitude, um, and all their techniques. And if you know these people, great, you know, like, like mirror them, mimic them. They'll be afraid to do it. Do this as closely as possible. Um, and do it whenever you work, too. Like, if you can see somebody, if, you, if you're trying to be a, a great novelist, you know, try to get, watch some videos of some, some great writers and see how they sit. You know, they're probably, everybody's got their own thing, and people tend to, artists especially, tend to develop weird little habits. I'm like, I do it this way. Um, so sometimes you'll see people with 
very bizarre behaviors while they work. But typically, people that are really focused, they do tend to slash a little bit. They do tend to lean in a little bit. But you don't typically see people with horrible, horrible posture, like folded in half where they can't even breathe and they're neck at a weird angle. It does happen sometimes. But typically, people that are very good uh, at what they do, they, they, they're a lot more disciplined. They're more focused. Um, so the the same thing with say musicians or you know athletes if you're if you're a runner you probably don't see success i i can't think of any successful runner that i've ever seen that crosses the finish line and say the olympics or something and they're just kind of like their eyes are on the ground they're just kind of slashed over they're not standing up straight they have no posture obviously they're very tired by the end of like say a marathon um and their their posture is not as good as it would be when they start off uh, clearly but you don't see those people start off like in a negative exhausted posture you and even at the end you see them try doing their best to like um keep keep their body language um strong and confident you know um so so pay attention to the experts in your field and do what they're doing try to get step into their shoes as much as possible and just watch it like actually do it feel what it's like to be that person because they're using their body in a different way and they're using their body in a different way because they've learned to do that because that's what works because that's teaching them there's something in that that they are doing different and the closer you can match them the closer you're going to be to their level okay they spent years perfecting their craft and those subtle mannerisms that show up in their body language they might be unconscious but they're usually not meaningless okay so getting yourself into that proper state of mind with the anchoring techniques that we talked about um, and then using modeling of experts to cement that state is an incredibly powerful combination, guys. I've been using it for years and it has done wonders for me. And every now and again, like I'll slack off and then when I revisit it, I'm just blown away by how powerful it is, okay? So doing this is going to keep you from just going through the motions. It's your personal philosophy, the way that you choose to view things, okay? Um, so moving on from that, how do we actually keep ourselves from getting caught in these network spirals? What practically, like what advice can I give you today to actually do something and actually make real changes in your life? Like after you get out of the car or wherever you listen to this episode, how do we keep our states elevated? How do we get to that state in the first place? So let me lead into this with a couple of quotes from one of Tony Robbins' books. This is from Unlimited Power that I'm going to be reading from. I'm going to read a couple of different things, um, a couple of quotes. So a, he says that a state, your, the state of your mind, which is what he's talking about, your state can be defined as the sum of millions of neuro, neurological processes happening within us. In other words, the sum total of our experience at any moment in time. Most of our states happen without conscious direction on our part. Um, we see something and respond to it by going into a state. It might be resourceful, it might be useful, it might be unresourceful, it might be limiting. But there's not much that most of us do to control it. The difference between those who fail to achieve their goals in life and those who succeed is the difference between those who can and cannot put themselves into a supportive state um, and those who can consistently put themselves into a state that supports them in their achievements. One other part um, on, a, on a different page here. Understanding state is the key to understanding change and to achieving excellence. Our behavior is the result of the state that we're in. We always do the best that we can with the resources available to us, but sometimes we find ourselves in an unresourceful state. So, what that implies for us. It's really important to understand that your state is something that you can control, okay? Most people don't realize that they can consciously change how they feel at any given time with intention. They just, they just, they just don't get that, okay? And that leads to a sense of helplessness. It leads to... Um, it, it prevents them from ever living the, tr the life that they truly desire, okay? 
Now, don't get me wrong, your state can absolutely be affected by external factors, but it's not under the control of those external factors, okay? I'm sure we've all had times where we had every reason in the world to be happy, but we just couldn't break out of a bad mood. You know, we walk around anxious, upset, uh, mad, and there was no reason to, you know, externally. Like, it looked like we had everything that we, we could want at that time. It looked like everything was going well for us, but we just couldn't get out of that bad mood. Or maybe it was the other way around. Um, it's less common, but I'm sure we all know people um, who do this, but we've even, ha- even had times where we did it, where despite the challenges of a situation, we maintained a positive mentality. And a lot of this has, has to do with the thoughts that we entertain. It has a lot to do with our body language, okay? Marcus Aurelius, um, a Roman philosopher, he said that the quality of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. And this is because the thoughts that we allow into our heads have a tremendous impact on the way that we feel moment to moment. Over time, these moments start to add up to days, weeks, months, and years, like I said before. It's vital to start getting serious about avoiding negative patterns. Um, And the best way that I've found to do this is through the use of body language and anchoring techniques. So let's get into it a little bit. Let's start off with the body language. Let's talk about why or how the thoughts and the, 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 the thoughts and body language are kind of connected. Well, not kind of connected. They are. Um, so the, self, the self-help the self industry, they get a lot of jokes for the way that they push positive thinking as being a bunch of bullcrap. Um, and the idea that thinking positive thoughts by itself can make any real difference is kind of ridiculous to a lot of people. It just, it just seems silly, especially if you haven't seen the, the impact of it. Um, but there's a few things that these people don't understand about the power of thought. First of all, the unconscious mind has a really difficult time telling the difference between thought and reality. The conscious mind, not so much, but the unconscious speaks in terms of emotions and symbols. And so when you throw these you know, visual aspects at the, the unconscious, it has a difficult time differenti- differentiating between what's real and what's just going on inside your head. Okay? So when you, time, when you spend time thinking about stressful, upsetting things, the unconscious starts taking steps to help you prepare for that adversity. It thinks that it's going through it. It's just trying to help you, okay? Whenever you dwell on negative thoughts, it very quickly begins to have an impact on your body. It has physical changes in your body. And now proving this is not hard. I could go into the science of it, but honestly, I can prove this in a couple seconds. And even if you don't do the exercise, you're going to know that I'm right because you've all experienced this at some point. It's a very human thing. Think of somebody that you absolutely hate. Think of a situation that just irritates the crap out of you. Somebody that's wronged you and gotten away with it. Um, Someone who is just really selfish. They they, they get under your skin. Um, You walk around and like they don't even do anything, but you walk around and you just get angry thinking about them. Um, Think about the financial troubles that you're having at any given time. Think, um, try to imagine how you would feel if your significant other cheated on you. Think about how mad certain politicians make you. Whatever it is, we've all had the experience of physical changes in our body based off of um, these feelings. A lot of times anger is a good one to lead into. It's it's pretty easy to see the results of it. You get an adrenaline rush. You feel physically disturbed, okay? Um, Cortisol is released into your bloodstream and your whole mood just changes, right? The, The mind is not designed to make you happy, or excuse me, the brain is not designed to make you happy. It's designed to keep you alive. It's going to fixate on anything that could potentially harm you, and it's gonna do everything in its power to protect you. Now, it's a great thing, it's kept us alive this long. Unfortunately, this means that the negative scenarios that you run in your head all day are going to become its focus, and they're gonna have a physical impact on you. 
The unconscious is going to believe that these situations are real. And the proof of this is in the fact that these thoughts alone can trigger the, the release of stress hormones. And you just felt that if you did the exercise. If you didn't, I'm sure you can think of a time in the past where you did feel that way. Okay. Now, because, because of this, it's really common for people to spend most of their day in a constant state of anxiety and depression. Um, it's sad, but it's true. It's just so easy to get trapped in a downward spiral because the brain has that tendency to fixate on problems, okay? And it's doing that to keep you alive. Like I said, it's a survival mechanism. It's doing it to try to help you, all right? The, the problem is, well, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, but it has the ability to create physical changes based off of nothing more than fantasy. Now, the, the, you know, there's pros to this, of course. Um, you know, emotion is what drives us. So the fact that a thought can cause an emotion, can cause a physical change in our body, that is a good thing because it gets us to do stuff. It gets us, you know, off of our asses. We actually get out there and start working, right? Um, if we're upset about something. Uh, one thing I would, I would add into that, I believe Pythagoras said that concerns to drive us into action, not into depression. And I think a lot of people get stuck there. They, they, they start feeling anxious about something, they start feeling overwhelmed by something, and they get, they get upset about it. But then they get depressed because they feel helpless about it. So that that emotion should be really redirected into action and you know proactivity and you know what are you actually going to do about this instead of being overwhelmed and depressed. And it's hard not to do. It. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching to anybody. Um, just food for thought. But back to what I was talking about. The good news here is that um, the opposite of this is also true. Okay. Just like the negative thinking can have a negative impact on your body uh, and the hormones and chemicals that are released. Positive thinking can also trigger the release of endorphins. And if nothing else, they can crowd out those negative thoughts, okay? I'm gonna do an episode here pretty soon on flow states, uh, which is gonna be, I'm excited for it. And we're gonna talk a little, a little bit more about how attention has to do with um, overall quality of life. The more attention you can pay to something, the more it crowds out everything else, because you only have, you have finite mental resources. You can't be upset and intensely focused on something. You're, you're gonna just be intensely focused on that thing. You're not gonna be depressed anymore. Uh, we're gonna get into that later. It's not a whole nother episode. Just you know, keep a lookout for it. Uh, but to keep going, we all know people who are constantly complaining. We all know people who are never happy. And these people are difficult to deal with. Um, <laughs> at best, they, they're difficult, they're, they're annoying. Um, they, they tend to bum us out. And a lot of times they make things a lot worse for themselves by pushing other people away. They could be on the happiest place on earth and still find a reason to complain. And we probably know a few people who are the total opposite, okay? Probably not as many, but we probably do know a few people that are just very happy-go-lucky. They stay positive even in difficult situations, and we can see the results in their quality of life. That in and of itself should be enough to convince us that positive thinking does have real benefits. It's the way that you frame the situation, 